This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. Welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Tosh. How are you? Wonderful. That's good. Hopefully today's a sunny day when people are listening in, but maybe not. It's maritime winter. (laughs) Yes, it is definitely winter. And winter means a lot more time inside in our world. Yeah, it it sure does. Yes. More time with the kids. More time with the kids. And that's why we have a special guest with us today, because sometimes us mamas have had enough. Enough touching, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm sure there are some dads out there that that can relate as well, Mm -hmm. but definitely I think it falls more on the, the moms for this topic. So yes, we have uh, invited Dr. Sarah Hardy-Walsh to join us today. Hello. Hi there. You want to uh, just tell everyone a little bit about who you are and why we asked you to come today? Sure. Um, as Jenna mentioned, I'm Dr. Sarah Hardy-Walsh. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I practice in Moncton, uh, offering services at Clinic Natura. And I also offer house calls for those families who need somebody to come to them who are in the metro area. And I have a special focus on women's and children's health. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. And yeah, one of the uh, the big topics that was floating around on the internet for uh, a, quite a while, but it's, it's an idea that I'm sure has been out there forever, mm-hmm. um, is this idea of being touched out. Yeah. <laughs> and the first time I saw it in writing, I was like, that's exactly it. Like, yep. you didn't re- need to read anything else as a parent who'd gone through it. It was like, yes. That's exactly it. <laughs> it's true, though, because for quite some time I've been feeling the same way, but you don't know how to label it. That's exactly mm, it. Yeah. That's exactly it. When I first experienced it myself as a parent, it was when my son was very small. I was breastfeeding. It was like maybe midway through a growth spurt, and it was feeding all the time. And I can remember when somebody said that term, touched out, I was like, oh, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, That's what it is. But so often, when it's connected with little people that we love, we hear that and it's like, yes, we can feel it in our bones. That's what it mm-hmm. is. But then our minds go, but wait a minute, I'm supposed to love this <laughs> snuggling and this, you know, cuddle time and this togetherness and what's wrong with me yes. or what's going on that I'm feeling this and it really gets rolling around in our minds um you know that that question of like is there something wrong mm-hmm. yeah absolutely because that that is exactly the way I was feeling like what I, I, I should really want to be on the couch with them right now, but no, I'm going to busy myself in the kitchen pretending I have things to do so that I, I don't have to cuddle up and because by the end of the day, holy moly. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> holy moly. Yeah. And I think, like you said, that the first time you experience that feeling, I think, yeah, you get that extra, you know, that guilt layer comes in and you're like, what is going on? And then you've got a partner who like comes home and hasn't been home all day and, you know, wants to just say hi and give you a hug. You're like, yeah. <laughs> How do you explain that feeling? And so I think, you know, from your standpoint of having gone through it, but also having dealt with a lot of new parents, what, what are some of the things you'd want to go through someone's head the first time they have that feeling? The first time they have that feeling, um, hopefully from listening into the podcast today, oh, that's what they were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Or if they already have felt it, oh, that's what it is. And that it's a completely normal experience in our culture. Um, from my perspective, it's, 
very simply at its most basic, another sign of mothering depletion. It's, it's not that we don't want to connect with our kids and snuggle with our kids. It's just that we've been giving, 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 and the bucket's empty. Right. It's that, it's that physical sensation of depletion, you know? And so it's very common. It's just that we don't do well at labeling it and we don't do well at communicating it to one another as mothers mm-hmm. because we don't hear about the challenges a lot. We hear more about this baby's sleeping great or, you know, this child's doing great in school or this toddler has perfect behavior. We don't hear about all of the junk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's right. And when I think when we do hear about the, the junk or when people say like, oh, I need help with this. Yeah. It's those external things. I need help with his sleeping. I need help with her eating. Not I need help with me. Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? This is what I'm going through. I think yep. those ones are still pretty closed off. Whereas the other ones, I feel like we're getting a little bit better. A little bit. You're right. Right. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's that it, I mean, we're hardwired as women to give in that capacity more so even when we become mothers, you know, we have these little tiny beings that are completely dependent on us for their survival. And so it's wired into us to do that giving and giving and giving. Um, unfortunately as our sort of North American culture, we don't have that sort of village around us Mm -hmm. as historically we did so historically when a newborn came along and the mother was giving and giving and giving to the newborn her aunts her and filling her up so that depletion maybe wasn't there or wasn't as prevalent as as it is for us today um we also have a generation of mothers right now who have grown up and learned to be more independent and do it all themselves and so it can feel really hard to both identify this is part of feeling depleted and I'm touched out but also to reach out and say this is what I'm feeling I need a five-minute break I need some solitude I need you know some comfort food maybe I just you know some fresh air whatever it is that fills you up to ask for that can sometimes feel hard Oh yeah, 100%. I was 900% guilty of that, especially with my first. Jason's parents are just down the street and I wouldn't allow them with the kids until Aaron was two and a half, three, before I left them alone with them. And it's not because they're not good people. It's because I had this need to do it on my own. I, I like never would let anybody watch them but me or Jason, obviously. Or And if we did anything, it was when my mom came down from Ontario. So I think, but I think feeling like you're an independent person is a main goal but then when you in my case move away from your family and your village and I didn't really want to involve another village right I I wanted mine but I couldn't have it so in that case I ended up going crazy (laughs) (laughs) until I finally just gave in and said you know what no this is nuts you need to start thinking about yourself Mm -hmm. and and getting things done for you which in turn is getting things done for them it totally is. It totally is. It, it turns it on its head when when you look at it from that perspective of if I am not setting aside the time and the space to receive the nourishment that I need, to have the solitude that I need, uh, then 
I don't have anything left to give, Mm -hmm. right? If I want to be the best mom I want to be, if I want to nourish that relationship with my partner, I've got to have it to give. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when we get to that place of depletion, it just, it, there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. And if, if there hasn't been that understanding of what this sensation of touched out is and communicating that to your partner, your family, your friends, whatever that happens to be, then there can be a lot of resentment uh, in relationships Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing um, that it can create a lot more challenge between the grown-ups in the household, not just, not just moms and kids. Yeah. I think I was really lucky that you know, the first few times that I kind of experienced that feeling of like, oh my goodness, I've just had people touching me all day, like sticky hands and <laughs> cuddles and like, just, okay, I just need a little bit of space. I, I articulated that and my husband understood it as much as he could, having not experienced it and was very, you know, he was great about it and he'd be very like, okay, you know, go, you know, take a bath, go leave the house, whatever it is you need to do. He was very understanding, but hadn't felt that same thing. Yes. I went away. <laughs> I remember I came in, you know, came home one time and you could see it on his face and he's like, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, yes. I understood that you felt this way. I understood you needed to have some time. But he's like, no, I hit that point. Like, don't touch me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, and not just like, I don't need sticky hands. Like, I don't even want you to come on to me right now. Like, don't touch me. Like, yeah. you know, it was that like, yeah. wow, there is this physical sensation of I've had enough other people touching me for whatever reason, whether it's breastfeeding or with like this happened with our kids when they're like, you know, school age, right? He's like, they're just constantly there. And yeah, like the hugs are nice. Yeah. Yeah, They're climbing, (laughs) they're, you know, grabbing They're you know, you're breaking up fights, whatever it is. He was just like, wow, now I under, like now I feel Mm -hmm. that. And that was this kind of a breakthrough moment of, you know, he'd always been supportive, Mm -hmm. but then it was like, Oh, now you really get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so whether partners are having opportunities to experience it themselves, um, even just for a short time, but then they also see it in us as mothers. So we, we have that time, we have that space, even if it's an hour or two and coming back, our kids and our partners can sense a difference, can sense a change in how we're responding to them and just the, um, the, the whole experience of interacting um, when, when we've had that time that's needed. Yeah. And I think it's important for people who are listening, who maybe are are still kind of struggling with all this or, you know, preparing themselves for the day they have to deal with it (laughs) to, for me, sometimes, you know, even being able to take, you know, 10 minutes to, you know, lock the bathroom door and, you know, be alone Uh can be enough to reset. It doesn't have to be this overwhelming, like, oh, I need time for myself. I need to leave the house, which means I need to get a shower and I need to do this. And like, no, you know, even little kids, you can probably like find 10 minutes where, you know what, they might cry in their crib for those 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. but they're going to be okay. Yeah. Right. If you need those five, 10 minutes of just, you know, go in... I've done it where I've gone in. I've closed the bathroom door when they couldn't open it yet. And like, yeah. just like blared music or like something to like not hear the other people if that's, you know, and that could make all the difference mm-hmm. in resetting me. You know, okay, I'm good for another couple hours till, you know, someone else gets home and can watch them. And I can, you know, take an hour or two or go to bed early or, you know, any of those things. 
that that idea of self-care doesn't have to be some big other thing that you have to organize and put a lot of time into as well right absolutely like the you know girls weekends away things like that like that's mm-hmm. we write 10 minutes sometimes it's just a matter of breathing it some is. days right it is yeah. it can feel like we're craving that you know weekend away mm-hmm. retreat in the woods by ourselves or with some girlfriends but the reality says you know these are little people they really depend on me uh i can't do that it's sometimes logistically impossible. Um, and that's when I can remember a friend of mine um, saying to the, the term to me, micro self-care. So it's not about the big stuff. Mm-hmm. It's those little moments. It's the five minutes here and five minutes there that adds up. It's that, you know, really soaking in that relief when a little tiny person falls asleep and you're yeah. like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just just soaking up that yes, they're still laying on me, and this is the place they'll sleep the longest. But there isn't that extra input of energy, and and celebrating those small moments. You know, um, it might be that you're out for a walk in the woods with all the kids tagging along, and it's just taking in a moment to breathe in the fresh air or hug some trees. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we went on a tree hugging quest one day, my son and I, because I just needed to be outside. And I said to him, let's go find some really good hugging trees. Nice. And so just to have that pause and that sense of nature and that fresh air, it can be soaking up those kind of micro moments that really start to drop, put the drops in the bucket mm-hmm. and, and fill it up again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, for a friend of mine, and it's as simple as like actually drinking a warm coffee. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's just that moment when you can finish an entire cup and go, "Wow, yeah, yes, I, just, it's true. I, just, I just did that." It may, yes. may have been three gulps, but still, you yeah. know, it's a, it 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 just takes these small little moments to to not lose your cool for mm-hmm. the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it varies, you know, our needs for that vary as well. So, you know, if we can keep up on sort of the micro self care, that consistency of it here and there throughout our days so that it's adding up and filling up our buckets, but know too, that there are going to be certain days, certain weeks that you just need more. But if we're doing that kind of consistent day to day, then the I need more doesn't feel so urgent mm-hmm. or desperate. <laughs> it's um, you don't feel as empty when when that time comes around. Exactly. And like what can happen to to moms when they have reached the bottom of their bucket? Do you know what I mean? Like what yeah. about these moms that can't get this time? Um, what would you say to them to refuel yeah. at least halfway? At yeah. least halfway. <laughs> yeah. um, connect with your human resources. <laughs> is what I call it, you know, call a friend, call a family member, call a neighbor, call a coworker, you know, reach out to a trusted health practitioner, whoever it is that you can just touch base with and talk with somebody and have that experience normalized for you. Um, Have somebody just be there and listen to what you're going through and what your experience of it is just in just in feeling heard that can be therapeutic for for a lot of folks and you know 
when it comes to human resources, it might be, it might very well be saying, I need you so much to just come over and hold this baby while I take a nap. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we're, we're humans. We are wired to need some kind of connection. Um, we're, we're wired to support one another. And so, um, you know, even if there's a, a parent doing it on their own, um, you know, they, they may be a solo parent, but there's, there's someone out there in, in that community that they know who they can hopefully reach out to. Um, and like I say, even if it's a, a trusted healthcare practitioner to, to go in and say, look, this is how rotten I'm feeling. And this is, I feel like why I am and you know, what can we do about it? They're so quick to label it as baby blues too, right? Like anything, if you're feeling the, any, any way towards your kid, they'll label it as the baby blues. And I think a lot of moms feel guilt when it comes to that, like, Oh no, 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 that, that can't be me. Yeah. But I think there's varying degrees. I think that the labeling it as the baby blues kind of makes it more severe in my eyes when in all reality, we all just need a break. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's yeah. okay to, to be upset with your kids every once in a while. Mm. And social media these days makes mm. us feel bad for that. I find. So then people are maybe going, okay, well maybe there's something wrong with me. Yes. Well, because right? social media, we see everybody's highlight reel. Right. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. don't see the stuff behind the scenes. And, um, what can be tricky sometimes with a label, sometimes labels can be helpful, like baby blues. Sometimes it can be helpful. Sometimes though, it takes away the normalization of that kind of experience. You know, there's, there's certainly varying degrees of the experience. And if it's, uh, you know, if it's pulling us down and influencing our moods so strongly that it's triggering things like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and those sorts of things. Those are things that we really need help and support mm -hmm. with, whether it's a counselor, a naturopathic doctor, your family physician, whoever it is. And when that person, you know, when you're speaking with that person, if what they're saying isn't sort of landing with you, you know, if, if, if they say, oh, it's this or, you know, and it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like that's exactly it. Keep asking whether it's that same person or whether it's another person, mm -hmm. you know, until you go like, yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly what I'm feeling. And this is what might help. Um, cause there are so many possibilities. Yeah. And I think that's important to think of it you know, as that spectrum of feelings, right? Like you, you might find yourself at all those points along that spectrum at different, you know, different moments in parenting and yeah, feeling that touched out feeling one day doesn't mean you're going to end up with depression, right? but it could lead there if you don't deal with it. Yeah. And it could be, you know, it, it's, I think that's important for people to think of it as that, that spectrum and that it's, you know, it's okay to feel any of those feelings at any time. Yeah. All in said, one day like, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> like I said, we don't, we joke about some of them sometimes, right? I mm -hmm. think some people, you know, that idea of being touched out, like, oh, I need a break from my kids or whatever. I think people joke about it too often sometimes mm -hmm. to kind of mask how much it really is impacting them. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important for us to have these kind of conversations. So, so parents, you know, at any point, cause like I said, it still happens to me sometimes. My kids are seven and five, mm -hmm. right? Like, like yeah. Oh my goodness. We've just spent this weekend together and you just stop touching me. 
Yeah. Like yeah. personal space. And yeah. they're getting to an age though where we can have that conversation. Right. And sometimes I, I try to say that now, you know what? We've all just spent a whole lot of time together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mommy's going to go up to her room and read this book. And you guys are going to stay down here because we all need a little break from each other. And especially now that they're in school and they have those discussions more about personal space mm-hmm. and they, they, yeah. they're starting to interact with so many different people's personalities. Yeah. They're starting to understand that a little bit more. And so that in those moments, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, we're doing this parenting thing right. Yeah. It's okay that I feel touched out because I'm telling yeah. my kids, yeah. this is how I feel. Yes. And if you feel this way, here's how you might want to deal with it. Exactly. And that, like, you know, mm-hmm. that same idea of kind of turning it on its head, like take, take the teachable moment out of it and be like, you know what? I'm going to tell my kids how I'm feeling. I love you. I need a little space. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, that's important for them to know. Absolutely, absolutely. To to let them know this is my experience right now, and this is how I'm going to help myself feel better. And you're exactly right because when they see us doing the things that we need to do to take care of ourselves, they're more likely to do that when they need it. Absolutely. Yeah, they see the importance in their own self care and their own self time and yeah. and things like that. I know my oldest will put herself in a quote-unquote timeout mm-hmm. and she'll just go to her room and draw or color or... Yeah. but yeah if she can see me doing it then hopefully someday she's bringing that along with her if she decides to have her own kids and she'll go oh, wait a second you know what you know my mom taught me that you know I need these five minutes to go drink my cup of tea or what have you or go read books <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it is and it's like you say Jenna it's a it's a it's a teachable moment and it's a really nice way for us to turn it around in our own brains too from I'm feeling guilty about this experience I should be feeling different to oh this is a normal experience and I'm going to parent my kids through this I'm going to teach my kids through this through my own experience and you know it can be it can be simple things and oftentimes what I recommend to parents too is that when you're noticing that talk it through and say you know this is what I'm feeling I really need to pause and take some deep breaths I'm going to go over there into that other room and I'm going to close the door and take my deep breaths I'll be right back you know everything's okay there's nothing that you've done to cause this my body is telling me that mm-hmm. I need this break. And so just verbalizing it helps us to reassure ourselves, but also gives that experience to our kids of like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's what's normal. That's, mm-hmm. that's the experience. I, you know, I know my experience as a kid, I witnessed my mom and my grandmothers doing a lot of doing and a lot of giving. And not a whole lot of break taking. (laughs) And so it can feel when we start to do that, it can feel really strange, really unusual, really uncomfortable because we're not used to, we haven't learned it ourselves and maybe haven't practiced it ourselves either. I also wonder sometimes too, you know, when we think of what we experienced as a kid, we're seeing it from what we remember yeah right and what didn't we see true right like you know when I take my time for myself in the evening my kids don't see that yeah right there so you know what you know there may have been coping mechanisms and you know those things that were happening with our parents that that was still just part of that like you know whether or not they talked to their friends about it they weren't talking to us about it it didn't seep into our system because they did it outside of you know our view yep yeah 
That's true. That's an absolute possibility. Maybe that's what kept the women in my family going for so many years. Yeah. <laughs> you had no idea what they were doing after you went to bed. Yeah. Was, was that behind <laughs> the scenes? <laughs> the I party think, breaks out when they've gone yeah. to bed. Yeah. But I think sometimes yeah. I know in my family that kind of conversation comes up, right? You know, my my grandmother had a whole bunch of kids, mm-hmm. and some of those kids have their own kids and some of them don't and some of them kind of put her on this pedestal and some kind of don't and and so there's this kind of varied experience you can see of how they all interpret what happened Mm -hmm. and then you know my generation comes along and we're having kids and I saw it especially you know one of my cousins who's a little bit she's only a year older but her kids are a little bit older and she would you know, talk on social media, but some of these struggles and how hard these two kids were to raise sometimes. And, you know, just those kind of what we would consider these natural, normal kind of like, how am I going to do it all? How am I going to go back to work and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of our relatives would chime in like, oh, well, mom did it all and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that is not helpful. That is not helpful. I'm like, but your memory of what your mother did Mm -hmm. 50 years ago. Like, you're yeah. not accounting for, yeah, the social circle of, you know, the family circle of different people that helped out that are not helping out this mom. And, you know, she didn't have those same, you know, she didn't go back to the same type of full-time job. She didn't have you guys in five different recreational activities. You right. what, you had yeah. the yard. Yeah. Like, there, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of things that are going on that we can't just compare our experiences to our parents and our grandparents and like you said there's so much that has changed but I also think there's so much that we don't know about how they felt about what was going on no we don't know who they were talking to about how they felt or if they were talking to anyone all those kind of things you know they could have had the exact same type of experiences we're having Mm -hmm. they just didn't talk about it in a way that we know about it (laughs) well it's true and they didn't have social media to vent on or whatever Ooh. so they weren't seeing all of their friends going through the same thing that they were yeah uh in in that way i yeah i'm not mm. i'm not sure like now i want to call my mom and be like so uh exactly <laughs> yeah. what did you what do, did you do? Sure. yeah exactly because i don't remember you going anywhere ever like, yeah, so. it's true it's true <laughs> yeah it's true and it, it made me think of another aspect of this too jenna when you were talking about you know they you had the backyard and in this generation it's it's the doing and the activities and you know all of those sorts of things is that oftentimes when that feeling of touched out comes up it's important for parents to not only look at you know how can I take better care of myself but also what can I let go of you know Mm. what what is most important to me as a mom what's most important to us as a family and what can we just let fall away You know, sometimes that feeling of touched out, that depletion comes up when we've been doing Mm -hmm. too much. We're just, there's just so much going on. Um, You know, it might be in those early weeks and months when, you know, we've got a little tiny newborn and our bodies and our existence are saying, you know, just stay in and snuggle this baby and be, but we're out and we're visiting and we're running errands and we're doing groceries and we're doing all of these things. 
at those really early stages. Or it's when the kids are older and they're registered in this, this, and this, and or, or maybe it's just this and it, that one thing. I, I think of hockey. That's the one right? that pops yeah. into my mind. Yeah. All of those hockey moms that are everywhere all the time um, for, for practices and tournaments and games and all of those sorts of things. Um, it gets to be a lot. Yeah. It gets yeah. to be a lot. I mean, it might pay off when your kid's in the NHL, but... <laughs> it's true. I mean, I mean it, yeah. it creates its own village, right? And, yeah. it, and for some people, it's probably exactly the one thing they do need. Yeah. But like you said, you have to stop and think for yourself, is it helping you? Is it helping your family, right? Yes. Like it's, you know, if, yeah. if it is, that's great. Maybe there's something else that can go away or, you know, maybe it's you... You yeah. give in, you hire a house cleaner, so you're not worried about that. Like there, there's always something that you can probably find to take off your plate. Exactly, exactly, and that's a great way to look at it. Like this aspect of our life is keeping us busy. Is it a good busy? Right. Or is it the kind of busy that we're only doing because we're quote unquote supposed to, you know, or because so and so is doing it, or that family is doing it. Or, you know, there, there can be a lot of engaging in things that we don't really want to. It's just something that we're supposed to do or that is expected of us to do. Um, so, yeah, taking a look at what is what are we doing that feels good and is filling us up and is giving back to us. And what could we let go of? What could we reassign to someone else? <laughs> Delegate. There are a lot of people that would like Delegate. to be paid to clean your house or cook your food. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And if they want to come test at my place first, that's totally cool. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to ask before we wrap up? No, I think we've uh, touched on most things that were in my mind mm -hmm. around this discussion. What about you, Sarah? There's actually just one last thing I wanted to mention when it comes to mums and this experience of touched out and how it can shift and change. Um, something that was really valuable for me to learn and that's been really helpful for moms that I share with in the clinic is that that our our susceptibility to feeling touched out or our experience of feeling touched out can heighten at certain times of our menstrual cycles. Oh, that makes total sense. Yep. Yeah. And so there's, um, it's based on the work of uh, Dr. Christiane Northrup. She's written a couple of books, probably her most famous one is women's bodies, women's wisdom. And she talks about our experience of sort of our, energetic being and our energy throughout our menstrual cycle and so how it goes is um, in the week leading up to our cycle that we so often label as PMS um, and while we're bleeding that is a time that our body is more naturally pulled inward that we're kind of called to nourish ourselves and to reflect and 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 that kind of thing and that can be the time that it feels physically harder to do the doing work right it feels physically harder to give what our kids are asking us to give even if it's the thousandth 
snuggle for the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas after we finish bleeding and throughout ovulation and that first week after ovulation, our energy is more outward putting. It's easier for us to do. We're, um, it's easier for us to engage in activities and, and that sort of thing. So I encourage any of the, the women who are listening, who are parenting and also menstruating to notice when they're noticing that touched out feeling to notice where they're at in their menstrual cycle, to mm-hmm. see if they're might be some connection there um and to not only consistently give yourself those little bits of self-care throughout the month but know that there's a certain part of your cycle Mm -hmm. where that need for self-care might be heightened it might be calling to you a little bit more strongly i have friends that track that and will make sure that you know if they have appointments they need to book in errands or you know a, a you know, birthday parties or things that can move around a little bit, they'll make sure to do it in that early period where they know they're going to have that energy Energy. output to give so that they keep the schedule as clear as possible. Like you said, in that kind of week leading up, that's the like, no, okay, I know I'm going to keep that week as clear as I can on the calendar because I'm going to need that energy for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And not to downplay it because hormonal stuff can be tricky and it can be challenging. However, so much of what has been labeled for us as women as PMS, that, you know, that quick to shift emotion or that... um, maybe a little bit lower level of patience with family members or whatever it is that shows up for us emotionally in that week leading up to our periods. It may not be that there's a whole bunch of wacky hormonal stuff going on. It might be the normal hormonal stuff that is just saying to us, you need more rest. You need more quiet find those little ways to do it and don't feel bad about it and don't feel bad about it yeah yeah absolutely I think that's an awesome place to end this I think so too yeah (laughs) this has been been a great chat it really has thanks Sarah you're welcome thanks for having me